Who says the Bible has to be boring? On the contrary, the Bible is the most thrilling book in the world. It's the only book with an invitation to join the very narrative you are reading. My goal is to be like your time-traveling tour guide, taking you into an exploration of scripture in search of precious treasure. Timeless, life-giving truths that inform us of who God is, who we are, and how the story of everything really is His story. I invite you to join me as we learn to read the story, trust the story, and live the story, because there's no greater adventure than knowing the God of the Bible. I'm Brayden Brookshire, and this is Adventures in Theology. Well, welcome back to another episode. Good to be with you. And although we're not in any formal series, we won't uh, go back into a certain podcast series until the new year, I figured some of these one-off episodes have been uh, really cool just to like kind of share more of those um, spontaneous thoughts of that particular week of what I've been thinking about. And so without further ado, <laughs> the word thinking is relevant if you read the title of what this podcast uh, episode is called. But yeah, so um, to tell you a little background here, I mean, at least five days a week, I would say, I take my son Cairo on a morning walk. And since he's only seven months right now, uh, it's usually in the ergo, that thing that you carry in, on your chest, you know, so he like sits in the front of the chest and it's great. He loves to look around. We, we kind of talk a little bit sometimes. Um, he just gets to see everything. He's a very observant baby. And so part of the reason why I do this too is to give mom, uh, his mother, my wife, a little just a guaranteed like 30 to 45 minutes in the morning where she can kind of just be. Typically, I'm up before her. Um, and so when she wakes up, instead of it kind of like hitting the ground running, she of course, she has to feed Cairo, but it gives her some time that she can count on and for whatever she needs on that morning. But anyway, so I take Cairo on a walk, and I, I enjoy it too. Cairo loves it, all of that. And what I've started to notice is I've kind of like, now that's become more of a rhythm, something he counts on, something that I kind of uh, even expect to do. I, I've started to enjoy it more and more. It might have felt a little bit more like a chore at first, but now I like it. And kind of how it goes is I start out by typically listening to something, my headphones in. And I mean, uh, granted, I probably wait like a few minutes and occasionally I'll stop to like say something to Cairo or just interact with him a little bit. For the record, I interact with my son a lot throughout the day. But this is one of those moments where he's really content just looking around. But uh, yeah, so I start out by just listening to something and whether it's an audiobook, a podcast, or simply just scripture, and it's always something Bible faith related. It's just that's just how I tick anyway. I can never get enough content. Um, you know, it's 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 kinda like how some people like to always chew on gum. For me, it's a great metaphor for how I always like something to intellectually chew on. Um, yes. And so I always am listening to something. And what I've noticed lately, just kind of put my finger on it lately, is that this, I start listening, but then at some point on that walk, I press pause on the podcast, the book, or whatever I'm listening to. And my thinking turns into praying. This really interesting pattern. And again, it's not always at the same point, like, oh, after five minutes of listening, I pause to pray. Like, no, I'm just I'm listening, 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 thinking, 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 and I press pause and start praying. So for me, listening to things causes me to think, which acts as an impetus for prayer. 
like I said, pe some people like to always chew gum. I always like to have something intellectually to chew on. But what starts out in the privacy of my thought life always works itself outward into how I live somehow in some way. But again, it has been encouraging, at least for me, an encouraging thing to know that thinking can be a catalyst for prayer, especially for personalities like mine. I mean, if this means anything to you, uh, I'm an Enneagram 5. I don't know. If that means nothing to you, don't worry about it. But point being is, gosh, the my imagination, my thought life is like the launch pad <laughs> of all else. Everything that I am, everything that I do comes out of that place of the interior part of me of deeply wrestling with and thinking about things. So this kind of reminds me of something that I want to share with you from First Thessalonians. Uh, so First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, I mean, if you've been with me on this podcast, especially when we went through the gratitude experiment, um, a little cool three-part series. Th this verse is obviously really important because 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejo rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We're not focusing on rejoice always right now, and we're not focusing on the other really great piece of that of give thanks in everything. That's something we've talked about before, and obviously we'll talk about again. I'm focusing on verse 17 right there. It says, pray constantly. Now, this has been kind of an enigma for some people. Kind of like, well, what's that mean to pray constantly? I mean, like, that sounds like either, man, I'm just going to disappoint Paul <laughs> in his uh, little command for us here to pray constantly because I can't do that. I have, man, like, I'm kind of a normal human, and we sometimes forget to humanize Paul, by the way, that he was very normal in a lot of regards as well. He had relationships and conflict and job responsibilities and plans and aspirations and uh, exciting things going on and disappointments and how to walk through all those kind of things in life. So praying constantly doesn't mean that you are, well, fill in the blank of how you might be misperceiving it. Praying constantly is a lot like what we have already been talking about today and what I've already introduced to you. It's allowing life itself, what you think, what you see, what you observe, etc., to be the impetus or the catalyst for prayer. Think about it this way. Everything around us, what we see, observe, what's happening around us, to us, through us, in us, whatever preposition you want to put there, what is happening is what we inhale. We breathe it in, the good, the bad, the exciting, and the confusing, and everything in between. And we have that inside of us. And what do we do with it? And now because biology shows us that everything we inhale is the precursor to an exhale. You, you just catch that, right? I mean, hopefully all of us have enough knowledge of biology. And for, trust me, if you're hearing this from me, I have very little. <laughs> enough knowledge of biology to know that an inhale is just a precursor to an exhale. So if everything that's going on around us acts as the inhale, we're intaking it to some degree. It's inside of us. May I propose that prayer can be our exhale. Prayer becomes like the exhale to all we inhale in life. And that's how we pray constantly. By thinking and praying, praying and thinking. And there's always plenty of content 
for conversation and communion with God when we allow life, what we inhale, to simply compel us to pray. Exhale. Inhale and exhale. Thinking and praying, praying and thinking. And I realize that I'm speaking to a lot of diverse personalities out there. Um, and so I, I don't want to assume that this is going to necessarily connect as naturally to you. Because I, I don't know if you, for example, are someone that maybe <laughs> enjoys thinking as much as I do. And that's okay. But hopefully I've explained this in such a way that it's not just the thinking, whatever is on your brain in whatever sort of intellectual sort of way, but like, again, what you see, what's happening in your life, what's happening around you, what's happening that, that you care about, what's happening that concerns you, all of those things. We all are inhaling things all the time. And prayer is where we get to exhale. We get to commune and communicate and conversate with the God of the universe who is inviting us to think and pray and process with him. So thinking and praying, praying and thinking, it's like this awesome matrix that allows us to pray constantly. Because after all, you cannot fail at prayer. You can only fail to pray. I want to say that again. You cannot fail at prayer. You can only fail to pray. Some of us, it's, it's, it's not that or you shouldn't have the fear that for some reason, oh gosh, I, I, I don't pray often because I, I'm not good at prayer. Or to speak more um, candidly, some people say, oh, I suck at prayer. Okay, no, you, you probably don't suck at prayer. <laughs> you cannot fail at prayer. You can only fail to pray. Because after all, God's not like, you know, having a scorecard on what your prayer looks like. But dare I say that some of us, and again, we're inhaling so much. Are you exhaling? And I would even say that there are few things that allow us to exhale as well as prayer does. I mean, I can't think of anything else that is better at it. I mean, it's, to be honest, I'm, I'm wrestling with this right now. But for all that you inhale in your life, do you exhale? Or do you just hold that in? And if you want to make this challenge a little bit more, uh, you know, felt physiologically, you could just take a moment. You could even pause this and try inhaling and holding in your breath as long as you can, right? You're going to be incredibly uncomfortable. And then if you did it long enough, which your body would probably force you to exhale at some point, you'd pass out if you didn't. So we need biologically, physiologically to inhale and to exhale. Inhale is more natural in the sense of like, we are inhaling things all the time, like I said. But allow this to be an exhale. Allow prayer to be the means. Otherwise, your body will force you to exhale some way, whether it's a healthy or an unhealthy means of doing it. So, when Paul tells us to pray constantly, I think Paul figured out that to pray constantly was to convert all of that that he was processing, all that he was thinking, to convert that into prayer. Inhale and exhale. Thinking and praying, praying and thinking. It's all a means of allowing us, compelling us, to converse and commune with God. We'll see you next time on Adventures in Theology.